Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Robert, I had a reading the other day that I wanted to ask you about. Okay, great. This was about, we talked about this way back in the early episodes, where we discussed a technique that you have used for a long time of how to rectify a natal chart. And that's back, I don't remember, I think it's like one of our first three episodes, where you described the technique of moving the midheaven to be able to find or dial in a better birth time. And one of the ways that you can confirm or, I guess, check, counterpoint, check, is to look at the order of our children's birth in our lives. And this was a mom of three, and she wanted to uh, take a look at that and had missed a couple of the steps. She had tried to reconstruct it and had missed a couple of the steps. And I thought maybe because it's been a while since we did this, why don't we help people at least remember some of the points on this particular technique. And what I thought would be good, because it came to play in the perception of this, was to go back over the lists of all of the male and female, the genders of both the planets and the signs, because that's really a starting place of when you start to dial in on this uh, rectification thing, or at least the confirmation with the kids. And mm-hmm. people are interested in this. So to start, could we talk about the genders of each of these? And then sure. we'll go back and kind of quickly review the Midheaven technique. And then we've got a chart that will be in the show notes that we can take a look at. And we will put to the test, because as I went through it, scoring the way you did, the birth orders of her three children were correct in the chart. So we'll confirm that. Great. As far as the signs go, it's pretty easy to remember which ones are male and female. The fire signs are all masculine, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. The air signs are all masculine, except for Gemini, which is it is a, ma- a male sign, but it's also a neutral sign in, in a sense. So the fire signs and air signs are all male. So you've got Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, male signs. The air signs are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, all male signs. So that's pretty easy. The water signs and earth signs are all female in nature. So Taurus and Virgo and Capricorn are feminine signs. The male and female planets, if you start with the sun, it's a male planet. It rules the father. It rules men in your life. The moon is a female planet. It rules the mother. It rules all women in your life. Mercury is a neutral planet. Venus is a female planet. Mars is a male planet. Jupiter is tend they, people tend to qualify as a masculine planet, but it also rules Pisces, the old Chaldean ruler of Pisces. And Jupiter is also thought of as the higher octave of Mercury. So in a sense, Jupiter can also be considered a neutral planet. This gets very subtle in doing the sexes of children, but nonetheless, Saturn is another one. It has two rulerships, Chaldean rulership of Aquarius as well as the Chaldean rulership of Capricorn. So Saturn, too, can be a either masculine or feminine. Most authorities will consider it to be a male planet, which is odd to me because anciently it was considered the rule of Aquarius, and it's 
Uh, the ruler of Capricorn certainly is well, and many authorities do consider Saturn to be a male. So this is something you'll have to work out on your own. Uranus is a male planet, Neptune is a female planet, and Pluto is, get this, a female planet. Although there are authorities that consider it a male planet, I don't know why. So when you get to these collective planets, you've got some discrepancies in the way they can be interpreted. So there are the male planets and male signs and the neutral planets and neutral signs. Then there's a matter of fertility, fertile and barren signs, or semi-barren and semi-fruitful. So starting with Aries, Aries is a barren sign. Doesn't mean that they won't have children. Linda Goodman was an Aries and had three. So that's, but nonetheless, in the old classifications of these things, Aries is a barren sign. Taurus is a fertile sign. Gemini is semi-barren. Cancer is fertile. Leo is fertile or semi-fertile. Virgo is fertile. Libra is semi-fertile. Scorpio is fertile. Sagittarius is semi-barren. Capricorn is fertile, Aquarius is semi-barren, and Pisces is fertile. So that takes you through the planets and the signs. And then when you're determining the genders of children in order, if a woman has more than one child, then her first child is ruled by her fourth house. Her second child is ruled by her fifth house. And a point here, this is a mistake that I didn't catch while we were recording, the woman's second child is ruled by her sixth house, not the fifth. It goes four, six, eight, ten, twelve. The next would be the second house, and then it keeps on going. The fifth house, as Robert alluded to, is actually the first child of a male, if you were doing this for the father. Sorry about that. And also, be sure to refer to the chart that we have in the show notes. Her third child is ruled by her eighth house, and so on. So what you're doing to determine the genders of children, trying to anyway, is to look at the sign on the cusp. So here we have Pisces in this chart, female sign. Mercury is a neutral planet. It's in a female sign, Pisces. So that's two for female, one neutral. And then the ruler of Pisces, you have two. You have Neptune, which is a female planet. That's three for female. Neptune in this chart is in a male sign, so that's the one for male, and three for female. And then you have Jupiter, which also rules Pisces, and it's in a female sign. So the odds are her first child would be female. And that was correct. So that's how you begin to, and so each case, and sometimes it gets very complicated. And by the way, this is not 100%. I've never found anything really in astrology that is despite the books all making this sound very fatalistic. But it works enough that as a last step in rectification, once you've used the midheaven to move back and forth and you've got that midheaven where you think is correct, then you can start confirming it to see if the sexes of the children also are correct. And in my experience, they really have been at least 80%, 90% of the time in my experience. Why don't we just hit the high points again, and we can refer people back to that earlier episode. Go back to the very beginning of the series, and you can uh, freshen up on that where we discussed the rectification technique. But just give us the, as we're going back over this again and reviewing it in our minds, 
moving that midheaven in order to dial in the right birth time. Okay, in this chart, for example, her midheaven is at 10 degrees Libra. The first aspect that you can see that it makes is a conjunction. If if you move it backwards, converse midheaven, you move it backwards, say six degrees, then it will conjunct that Pluto. So you might ask if around age six, there was a death in the family or was a parent seriously ill or did they move or relocate at age six? Because at one degree for a year, Midheaven's at 1018 Libra, Pluto's at 351, almost four Libra. So that's roughly six degrees. And if they say yes, then you're off to the races. You've got one confirmation. Now you, and so, so far that Midheaven will look correct. If they say no, there was a death in the family when I was three, then you can adjust this Midheaven. Because the Pluto, signifying, say, the death, is at 351, almost 4 degrees Libra. The death actually occurred at age 3. So now that you may revise this midheaven to be 7 degrees Libra to make that midheaven converse midheaven conjunct Pluto accurate. And then using that revised midheaven at, say, 7 degrees Libra, you would move it forward and backward to make some other aspects and see what it makes. Well, if the midheaven is revised correctly to be 7 degrees, then you can see the midheaven at birth would have been exactly sextile Neptune at birth. Well, Neptune is in a, a cadent house here, and there could have been some sort of complication around the birth of the child, this, this woman's birth, because the midheaven... She was born at a time where this revised midheaven was exactly sextile, that Neptune in midheaven. So you might ask, did your family relocate just before, just after you were born? Also, you might ask, did this woman have some sort of, was she born with some sort of uh, illness or something that needed medical treatment right out of the womb because of the Neptune in the 12th? So what you're doing is moving that midheaven back and forth to make aspects with the natal planet. You're asking questions that fit the description of that planet, the house it's in, and so on, such as the death of the of, uh, a death in the family at whatever age that was, six, or a, a relocation, which would be the tenth, fourth axis in Pluto, and so on, change of the father's job, and and so on. And if that's correct, then you use that midheaven to move and make other aspects. And, and then you can bring it up to the present day. If you revise the midheaven, as we just kind of did in this example, maybe the midheaven was off and the midheaven should, should have been at, say, uh, 7 degrees instead of 10. Then you start with that revised midheaven at 7 degrees and move it back and forth to, let's see, what else is it doing? Well, at 19, she's got Mercury at 19 Pisces down there. 7 from 19 is 12. So at age 12, was there a move in the family, a change of schools, Mercury in the family? And so, so you're doing this back and forth and asking questions to see if you can get correlations to events that fit the descriptions of the planets involved with that. And the reason you use the midheaven is because it determines everything else in the chart. Depending on your latitude of birth, that'll give you the ascendant for that particular midheaven. But the midheaven at birth is one degree every four minutes of birth time. So by using that midheaven and maybe adjusting it to make it correlate exactly with a particular event, you're likely to get a midheaven that's pretty accurate. Then you bring it up basically to the present using one degree for a year. So if she's 
50 now, then you would add 50 degrees to the midheaven or the revised midheaven and see if that midheaven makes some aspects with the birth planets. And that's the way you confirm that time. That's such a great technique. I've used it a bunch with when people have asked and they don't know or, you know, you, th you think you've got an about. In fact, my own chart had an about 830 was it's not on my birth certificate. But OK, back to our chart example that's in the notes, too, by the way, for that download, if you guys missed that. The other technique that you told us about and you used in the infamous rectification of Donald Trump's chart that you've described and that you did for Kepler College, the siblings. And I couldn't get the siblings in her chart to match up. She had four female siblings. Would you walk us through just that piece of it as well? Well, you would start, and it, and it may not work. Remember this, it may not. But you start with her first sibling which is a male sign on the cusp, a female planet in that sign, or excuse me, in that house. So that's one for each. The female planet Venus is in a male sign. So that's two for male, one for female. The sun is a male planet. It's in a female sign. So you basically, it's hard to tell, two for female and three for male. That's what I had. So I, how would you go, see? Yeah, but it was a female. So, yeah. Yeah. And the same then with the next sibling would be the fifth house, which is a male sign on that house. And you've got Mars, a male planet, ruling that male sign. That's two for male already. Mars is in a female sign. That's two for, for male and one for female. So it doesn't work. That's as far as you can go. Yeah. For that house, yeah. Yeah. And then there was actually a miscarriage in there, too, in that birth order. And how do you count miscarriages and abortions? Well, I once was reading for a client that had... To me, it looked like multiple abortions or miscarriages. And I said to her, how many abortions have you had? She was an actress. And she said, four. Does that mean I can't have a baby? And I said, absolutely not. You can still have it. I said, you've got a cast iron uterus. And she did. She went on to have a, ba a daughter. So this gets very, this is not going to be 100%, not in my experience. But it, it, for example, at Donald Trump's, it was. It showed every sibling and every child, five children, and one, two, three, five. I think you have four, five, you have four siblings. All were correct and in order. So it works enough of the time that it's worth exploring because it does help you feel like you've got the right, the right birth time. Yeah, right. But it is certainly not a determining factor in rectification. The determining factor in re rectification is the midheaven. Excellent. All right. Well, I hope that answers the question for our listener. We mostly got there in the reading, but I wanted your take on it. And all of the things that we have going on around here are in our show notes, including the link to Robert if you'd like to connect with him for a reading. And we'll see you back next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <music>